Thank you very much for joining us for this very special Lost episode. This is actually the origin of Nerds from the Crypt. Before Nerds from the Crypt was even a thought, I was doing a show called A Perspective Review, and I invited Nick to join me to discuss 11-22-63. It was this episode that really showed that we love to talk about Stephen King. Not only that, but we love to talk about horror movies. You can say this is our episode zero. I have not re-edited this. This is way back when we first started and we were both trying to get a hang of it. I hope you guys enjoy this and stay tuned for further Lost episodes. Hello everybody, thank you for joining us here again for a Perspective Review where we'll be discussing 11-22-63, the Hulu original miniseries based on the Stephen King novel of the same name. Today we're going to be discussing the series as a whole. Today with me I have Nick, and Nick's going to help me just uh, go over what we saw on the series, and uh, we'll try to discuss uh, something about the book, uh, what I remember, so it's been a while since I read the book, but we have a couple questions we wanted to go over, and... Um, yeah, let's get to it. First of all, Nick, can you, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah. Um, well, as um, Saul said, my name's Nick. I live in the Netherlands. Um, I haven't read the book. I've seen the show. I really like the show. Um, so my question would more, mostly be about, like, how is it different from the book? And um, because the show doesn't, I think, explain a lot of characters properly in books, uh, knowing Stephen King in his books where every you know character is usually a couple of chapters or yeah. half a book sometimes um it like i was just wondering why those characters weren't explained fully and hoping that they would um so yeah let's go all right so well, let me ask you this first of all as far as stephen king stuff as books or or um adaptations of the books how big or how much do you have you seen of those uh, Adaptations, I think all of them. Um, I've even seen um, the Tommy Knockers. <laughs> like people that don't know Stephen King very well, um, Tommy Knockers is probably the least known of all the Stephen King movies. Um, I think it's not even a movie; it's a um, miniseries. The, yeah, it's it? a two. I think it's a two-parter. I don't think it's a three-parter. Yeah, and it's basically um sort of like aliens that like mind control an entire town and this one guy who has a metal plate in his head who can't um be mind controlled because of that <laughs> it's, it's let's just say for adaptations go that one is out there yeah i mean as far um, as adaptation goes with stephen king's work they're very hit and miss there's very few that are actually either, uh, I can't say faithful, but they're actually live up to the expectations of some people. I can't say they're faithful because they do change a lot in their in the adaptations, which is okay to me, because yeah. I always judge the the book and the, um, and the adaptation separately. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people. A lot of people do want to have the a faithful adaptation. However, you can't always have that, especially with the books. Uh, yeah. The I think the ones that are, do better uh, as far as adaptations are the ones that come from short stories because they don't have to cut a lot of the stuff out. They don't have to do it, it's it it goes a lot better with story than than other stuff that that comes out. 
Yeah, for a story, it's just easier to work off a short story, um, yeah. like for a script, because you can just sort of take the concept instead of, you know, using all of the story. And that way you can sort of use the concept that was created in the short story and then expand upon that, you know. You're not really set to a certain type of rules. For movies, that even works just better. Just movies in general. Yeah. So let's get started with the show here. Now, when you first heard of uh, 112263 and you heard that Nick, Fran- uh, Nick that James Franco was being um, cast as the, the main character, what did you think of that casting? I didn't mind. Like I said, I didn't read the book, so I didn't, didn't really know that much about it. I like it, read an overview once. Um, I think I read the back cover and when I was in the bookstore once. Um, it's a big book. I like James Franco, um, um, so I did. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, I myself, I wasn't too sure what to expect because, you know, James Franco usually comes out on as more com- comedic roles and, and stuff, and I wasn't sure. And it wasn't until I saw the, the preview to it that I was like, okay, he he, he can he can do it. I know he's a good actor. It's just, it's just, uh, it's hard to take him seriously sometimes. And actually, one of um, one of the, the comments that were left for one of the other videos, actually, someone actually sent me as a, as a message on Twitter. Uh, he was asking me when we're going to do this, and I said, we're, "We'll get around to it." So I asked him what he thought about uh, Franco, and uh, this is what he said: "This is Aaron Cummings." I wasn't one hundred percent on the casting of James Franco because I had only primarily primarily seen him as a comical actor. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure of such a uh, serious role, but I wouldn't change it for the world. And now, having seen all of uh, Eleven Twenty Six Sixty Three, I couldn't think of anybody else that would play the role but James Franco. And so, mm-hmm. let's let's talk about the main character, Jake Epping, or in in the sh- when he goes back to the back, Jake um, Amberson. Yeah. In the book, he starts off with Jake Jake Epping, and he changes his name to George Amberson. So they, they kind of they get changed that part, but uh, I, I think really matter much from no no uh, in the I think it was very the very first recap that I had I had a little bit of a rant on on this because I felt that Jake in the show didn't uh, portray his, his his didn't he didn't come off as faithful to his story counterpart in the in that the show kind of he kind of felt i don't feel he was so serious about his teaching i know he he had this, the students that weren't paying attention he had the people that didn't didn't um like there was a reasons for him to be disillusioned there was reason for him to be all that but in the book he's still in love with you he's just He's just sad and he's upset that that kids don't have they don't take the work serious they don't they don't um, put in their full effort and even those that do put in their full effort they don't have imagination to write so I sort of felt that um, yeah that's kind of what I felt like um, he he felt about you know teaching as all and when he like the the guy came out uh, what's his name again the older man that he Al- helps in the past. Yeah, when he comes out, oh, uh, you're talking about Harry. This really good story, and then he sort of gets that you know spark back for teaching, and yeah. you can really see that. So I so, thought it was good. So Jake in the book, it starts off 
with um, him. They're already setting him up to be someone who is, I, I guess, the best word I can use myself is stoic. He's he starts off. He's he's never been a crying man. Is what what it says, and mm-hmm. it talks about when uh, his wife leaves him. Uh, they don't get a divorce. She leaves him because she she pretty much found someone else at an AA meeting. And part of the reasons is because he says, I never see you cry. I never see you um, cry even when your mom passed away, your father passed away. And he says "I he did cry for his mother, but it was in private. He's not someone who shows emotion. And he goes, he didn't even cry when his wife left. I think her name's Christina. Yeah. And so I'm bringing it up right now because it's going to be a big big part of towards my, the end here when we talk about Sadie and all that. And so they, they bring him up, but then he goes, he saw Harry's paper and Harry, uh, Harry's story about his dad and the hammer and, and, and so forth. And he says he just started crying because it, it was such t- it was so touching. It was straight from the heart. It wasn't someone who was just trying to pass the it was just doing it just to pass. You know, he was speaking from the heart. It was re- yeah, well, it was so well written. Yeah. So it touches him, and really, it is Harry's story that actually just ju- uh, does push him into go to the past, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to Al and all that. But it really is Harry's story, and that that makes him want to go to the past and do something. Now, Jake and Al, you know, um, oh, first of all, the actor who played Harry. I think I said it was Leon Ripley. Amazing. I think Harry's character was amazing. Even even though they changed him a little bit, he, he was beautiful. The way he delivered his story, beautiful. Oh, yeah. 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 He's, uh, I've seen him before in a couple of um, shows and movies and stuff. He's always a pretty good actor. Yeah, he came out in Star Trek, the original uh, one episode and then that I remember. And then I, I saw, remember seeing him on Under the Dome. But um, before it really started to tank really bad, but <laughs> oh, that was you know after the first couple of episodes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we um, in the first episode we see Jake. You know, we we get introduced to Jake and he's teaching. And the reason I say he feels I feel like he's more apathetic to teaching is because he's showing a video in class. And for me, my from myself, whenever I saw a teacher with a. a TV in the class with VCR, <laughs> it's usually because it's a substitute teacher. Uh, a, a regular teacher would never bring a, a VCR into the class. Yeah, hardly ever. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's the reason I feel like he didn't have that passion for teaching anymore. And um, like I said, in the book, he did have that passion. It's just that he was really disillusioned because of the students nowadays. Yeah, I, I think like those are sort of mixed. Like, you know, when students aren't interested, you lose a bit of passion, so you yeah. show a movie instead of teaching. <laughs> so I think that's all sort of combined into that. And then uh, one thing, another thing that that I felt changed a little bit was uh, the the relationship between him and Al. In the book, I uh, and I had mentioned it before as well that I I know that Jake and and Al probably weren't best friends. And they weren't like they wouldn't go out to eat together. They wouldn't go out for a beer together. But you can tell they they were really good friends. And in the show, I felt that real 
at least in the first episode, they showed they were more antagonistic to each other. That they they they, they liked each other, but they they didn't have that close bond that that um, I felt in the book. Even to the point where he was like, he chooses Jake to go to the past, not because he knew that he would be the only one that can do it, which is which is he says in the book. He says, "I know you're the one that you're the one for the." I'm sorry. Yeah, your connection <laughs> dropped there for a sec. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so in the book, you know, there's there's this connection to with them, where it's like it feels like they're they're really close. While in the, in the show, it feels like he like he I think he says he goes like because you don't have anything going for you, you need to do this. So why don't you go back and and he's real antic and antagonistic to him towards Jake. Um, I don't know. I I didn't feel the closeness as close, and I think later on we do feel I I do feel that they show some scenes when the flashbacks and so forth where it shows them a little bit closer but in the, at least in the pilot episode I didn't feel that closeness to, from them yeah he sort of comes across like um, you know I have a store down the street like it's own, like the owner works there it's a little you know supermarket and it, like I always say hi to him I say how are you doing like little little talks and that's sort of like how he interacts with him in the show yeah. Like, he doesn't really know him. He just sort of superficially talks, like, you know? Yeah. And um, I know why they did this in the show, but in the, in the show, he decides to go back in time while Jake and Christina, they're signing their divorce papers. And I always felt that that was just the weirdest time for him to do that. I know it's only take two minutes in the real world. I just feel it's so weird that he just decided to do that, that right then and there, especially since he was going to be gone for five years because that's when he already decided he was going to try to go save the world or the yeah. JFK. And he comes back and, you know, we see him. He's already all crumbling because of cancer and, and, and whatnot. And I, I just thought that was weird. It felt out of place. But uh, I guess it's just, it was just helped move the story a lot faster than him doing it in the middle of the night and then calling Jake and, okay, can you come over? Kind of just got all all the stuff out of the out of the way. Wow. So in this in this episode, we see uh, Al kind of convince him to go into the past. What did you think of the of the, uh, when he went back back to nineteen what is it fifty nineteen sixty, and what did you think of the setting? Yeah, you mean what it looked like? Yes. It's what I think sixties America would look like, or late fifties America. Yeah, um, I'm not American, so I have <laughs> no real perspective on how it was. Or I'm not, uh, you know, fifty-five years old, so I don't really know anything <laughs> about the sixties, except for like old family pictures. But um, yeah, like when I see um, like Greece takes place in that time, and that's what it looks like. Yeah, I think so, it was yeah. beautiful. I think I think the way that, that at least that entrance when he goes into the into the rabbit hole and comes out in 1960, I think it's beautiful. It looks nice. Though the, my only problem with that is that where he comes out, it's kind of like in the middle of everything, and like nobody ever no nobody ever even looks at the, like said I'm like where the hell did this guy come from? Not only did he come out of pop out of thin air, he um he has he's dressed way different. Well, he's not really dressed that differently. No, the, well, um, the first time, remember, he has his leather jacket on. Yeah, but, like, doesn't have a leather jacket back then. 
Well, I, well, no. I mean, but everybody has their suits. Everybody has their hat. Every, yeah, that's true. So I mean, he 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 stood out, and at least in that in that city. Yeah. And um, in the book, it, the the rabbit hole comes out a little bit more hidden, to where if someone. Like you know that oh, that busy of a street, they're not gonna see him. Uh, it's he goes behind the diner or something. Yeah, well, it's it's behind the diner, but it's it's like behind a gate and and so forth. So people can't really get to it. Oh. Yeah. So he goes and he has uh, like a milkshake in the past, and he comes back in the book, and that's when uh, Al starts telling him pretty much how the how the rabbit hole works, and if I remember correctly, he kind of just does it really quick. Tells them each time you go back, it's a reset. Uh, you go, you go in, you come out. It's just like that never happened. However, I was able to bring back meat and bring back food, um, money, and it doesn't go away. So they're not, they're not really sure exactly how how that works. Uh, are you familiar with other time tra- time travel stories or movies or novels? Oh yeah, I love those. How did you uh, think that they set up the the time travel aspect here in this show? Uh, it's very flimsy, but I don't think it's very important in the story. Um, I no. think it's supposed to be somewhat of a mystery, like how it works really, because it's yeah, no, he goes back and changes something, so it doesn't really matter how the rules still apply. It will only apply once he actually changes something. Yeah, what I like is that it gives you, it, it just sends you to a certain time. It doesn't. You can't choose where you want to go, and yeah. in, in the show he goes to 1960, which he has to wait to three years to do everything he wants to do. So when he, if he were to fail and come back, he had to wait another three years to be able to do all that again. And in the book, he actually goes back to 1958, so he has to wait five years. So imagine if he failed the first time, he'd have he'd be ten years older by the t- next time he comes around he's like and so i think it where it helps where he's in like i'm i can't just keep going back i can't i can't i have to i can i go back to the same place there's I, a limit to it yeah i mean you yeah. you you can't it's not like another movies or places where you choose to go what 10 minutes before the assassination or whatever the the yeah. uh, bill and ted try and travel uh, situation <laughs> you know <laughs> where they yeah. like We'll just go back one minute before and steal the remote. <laughs> <laughs> and here, and and um, the one, the another thing is, what was it? Where was it going with this? <laughs> oh, and the and like you said, it doesn't really matter in the sh- in, in in this particular story. It does explain a little bit more in the book, not too, very well, I believe, but it doesn't matter in the story. But in the show, later on, in, in, in a couple of episodes later on, he is asking his students about time travel. And he's got that one student, and I feel that they did this on purpose, because you're going to have those nerds. Or, uh, and we're nerds, not to say we're not nerds, but you're going to have that one nerd. And he's like, well, well how, is this, how is it possible? Do you remember that? That one student is like, well, what, how did they do the time travel? How did this happen? And James Franco is just like, it, 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 that doesn't matter. Just forget about that. If you can do it. What would you do? And I feel like they left. They put that in there specifically to calm that 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 part of the of the audience down. Yeah, I guess because there is a lot of different rules in in time travel. Well, two major ones. There's Back to the Future and Terminator. So, yeah. And the thing is with those is that 
they had well one of them was a it's called the the, the grandfather thing the grandfather uh, problem where let's say marty mcfly goes and he pretty much keeps his parents from meeting so he starts erasing from from existence well then how would it, how would he go into the be in the future come back in time you know it doesn't it doesn't make sense and then of course there's also the rules of like that that says well any meddling in the past that happens or that you're trying to do you've already done it in the in the in the past you know if you've already completed that so you're not really doing anything you're actually just in the loop pretty much uh, you're causing the past to happen by, by going back into the past yep so um in this in, in the show he, it doesn't really talk about other things that Al did in the past. I think he talks about one time. So in, in Al starts to talk to 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 Jake about the different things that he's done and how because Jake doesn't want doesn't want to go back in the past. He doesn't want to go save JFK. He's really uh, he's like, how do you know this is gonna work? How do you know it's gonna work? Well, in the book, we see that Al actually saved a girl from being crippled, and we see it in a flashback in the show when he's talking about it. But it's a lot more in the book. So Al goes back. Yeah. He saves his girl from being crippled. He goes through a lot of stuff because the past, the past pushes back. And the past pushes back a lot more in the book. I'm sorry, in, in the um, the show and certain places. So um, Al, uh, Al shows Jake a clipping of the girl. And she's still paralyzed. So he's like, hey, well, if you saved her, why is she paralyzed? here in, in the in the present and he was like well remember what i said every single time you go in and come back you reset everything so so jake's like holy crap i i just crippled the girl by going into that and having a root beer float over there in the, in the past so it's like oh crap you know it, you have to really think about what you're gonna do and jake actually goes back into the past a couple times First of all, like I said before, it's Harry who actually pushes him to go into the past because he want, he uses Harry's story to as a motivation to go in the past. He goes to the past and sees he's going to save Harry's family and come back and see what happens. So he goes back, he goes back in time, and actually in the what one thing that changed is that Harry is from Derry. And uh for those of you, for those of us who have either read or watched the the, the miniseries, it Derry is the 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 location of where one it of, takes uh, place. King's um, fake towns. Yes, and he actually runs into uh, Beverly and um, Richie from from it. He runs oh. into them, and they're. This is after after the fact that they've already uh, beat uh, Pennywise and. And whatever it is, and he's seeing. He, they they kind of talk to him, and they 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 give him the the information that he needs. And the interesting thing is that Pennywise almost takes Jake. In the um, book, yeah. Um, there's this. Part, it doesn't specifically say it's Pennywise or anything like that, but he he's uh, walking by with the Barrens where Pennywise lives. Yeah. And he says that he feels like something's calling him into the into the that pipe stack or the that thing where that go, leads down into the sewers and all that. 
Yeah. And he goes, if it weren't, and for some reason he didn't feel he didn't feel such a uh, compulsion to go down there. And it's it's left open to where if, is it possible that when the kids beat him, they injured him so bad that the, that he doesn't have that that draw that he normally has when when he's at full power. So he feels them, but he doesn't really see him. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so we um, Jake actually is able to stay till the night that um, Harry's parent, dad is going to come in with the hammer. And one thing that they do talk about in, in the book is that they say that Harry's dad comes in with a hammer. And when you say when you hear hammer, what kind of uh, tool do you think he's carrying? Well, um, I'm gonna go on on a limb here and say hammer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you saw in the in the episode. What what does he come in? He comes in with a sledgehammer. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when, so when when Jake's there, he's like, "Holy crap! It's not a hammer." Um, and it's very descriptive of what happens to the kids because uh, he doesn't save them all that his first try. Um, a tugger, his his older brother. He gets hit with a hammer and his brain just splatter everywhere. And even Harry gets hit in the head, but um, he doesn't die. Yeah. Uh, in, in the original story, this time around, he's able to save um, his sister and Harry. And Tugger is the only one that dies. And he kills um, the dad and he comes back to the past. And he, fi- he, fi- he finds out that Harry survived, his sister survived, but Harry went on and died in Vietnam. So he goes either way. Either way, he saved him, but he went and died in Vietnam. So he actually had a shorter life than he would have. He would just let it. He would have just let it be. And part of Al's reasoning of saving, you know, saving um, JFK is that Vietnam might not happen. So this is what Jake uses as a reasoning. Well, you know, if I save JFK, maybe. Harry will live, you know, because Harry won't go go into Vietnam and he'll be able to live a productive life and, and actually be something. Yeah, see, I didn't connect that dot. <laughs> yeah. So, well, because they, they, they left that whole thing about him dying because he only takes that one trip. And that one trip is when he, he's already going to stay, stay um, to save JFK. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You have any questions so far as far as uh, the people I brought up? No, no. Um, these are all like in the in the show are all very fleshed out. Um, not as much as in the book, so here, but um, yeah, at, at least their motivations are all pretty obvious. Um, yeah. There's no real, you know, hints at, like that's not really what they mean. There's no betrayals or anything going on. No. So yeah, it's fine. So one of the things that I, I, I said I might, I might go ahead and rant on is the first couple of the changes is that we, in, in the show, in the second episode when he's saving Harry, at the end of the episode, we, again, we get reintroduced to Bill Cherkis. I think we see him in the bar when he's um, trying to find um, Frank Dunning. Oh, by the way, what, what did you think about Josh Duhamel as um, the father? Good. He was great. He came across as very intimidating, which he normally isn't. Yeah. Because he's not a very big guy, but apparently he is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, he, I think he, uh, I I think he played him perfectly. Franco. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is that in, in, the, um, in the book as well, he is a very bad man. He's, 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 he's evil. 
but he's very uh, charismatic. So the, the people love him. He owns his own butcher shop, and the women love him. And it's it's that kind of. I think that's the kind of thing that scares people. Me more is that there's evil out there that just are so easily able to hide among among you know people who are not evil. They they hide themselves and they can attack you at any time. Charismatic evil is the worst evil. Yeah, it's always happening. Um, it's very obvious in the show as well. Like he has that um, conversation with Jake um, in the bar, and they yeah. actually get along really well. And you, as at one point, you think like, "Oh, this is not such a bad guy." <laughs> and then you know they take him to the butcher. Yeah. And yeah, then you sort of and appears to be. Yeah. Well, you, you, you could tell he's just. He's not a good guy at all. Yeah. I, at all. And I think he was there trying to figure out what the hell Jake was there. Because Jake is really bad at lying uh, as far as yes. what he's doing there. <laughs> so uh, so in the in the book, Bill Turkett is an older man. He's older man. He His um, sister was killed by Frank Dunning. And he can't prove it, but he knows it's true because his, his sister and his, and his uh, nephew are missing. And he's pretty sure that that they've been killed by Frank. And he's pretty much telling Frank, trying to figure out a way to, to prove that it was him and kill him. And uh, in the show, he's way younger. And he, Bill Turkett in the book, first of all, he has a heart attack <laughs> right after because he actually helps. Um, he, he actually helps stop Frank. But when he's stopping Frank. He has a heart attack, and he's no longer part of the book. He doesn't die, but he's no longer part of the book. Oh. He stays in Derry. So in the second episode recap that I did, I said, you know, I like this. I like this because for for a show, we need Jake to be able to talk to somebody. And if he's going to be in the past for three years, and he's going to be trailing Os- Oswald for three years, he needs to be able to have somebody there. Uh, soundboard. Yeah. So, so I liked it, but very fast I started to dislike Bill's character. I don't think they wrote him well for this for the for the show, and I felt they they just wrote him there just to accompany him. Although I liked it at first, it was just he was just there to mess mess with with uh, Jake's plans. He was drunk. He was. Uh, very emotional. He kept messing with with the people he wasn't supposed to be messing with, and he. I don't think he ever really helped Jake as much as 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 um, he thought he was. He actually hurt him more. To uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. He's um, at, like every interaction he has, like after you know they um, handle um, Frank Dunning, um, he's just like doing all these things he's not supposed to which yeah you're right I think he's he's not written that well um, because he should be thankful and you know really into helping out uh, Jake and he's just not very good at it yeah well the thing also is that he kind of just like okay yeah I'll help you I'm just out of nowhere yeah uh, and I feel like he, I, I kind of feel like he in the book in the se- series they didn't really explain why he decided he wanted to help, but I he, I feel like he might have just been lost since he no longer had a meaning. Uh, 
to avenge his sister's death. Yeah. So he kind of just needed to do something, and Jake was telling him, I'm from the future, I'm going to save the president. So he kind of wanted to do that, but I don't feel like they earned that that follow for him. I don't, I don't think they earned it because they didn't explain anything. And, of course, then he starts messing with Marina, and he starts falling in love with her. And I'm like, oh, come on, this guy. And... Yeah. I was just getting getting upset with him. It's like he's just there to mess up. And then he was there towards the end. He was there to kind of put a doubt as far as if there's going to be a second shooter or not. Because they have that fallout. And um, he pretty much lets Oswald find the the bug in the the apartment. And... (laughs) Sort of that whole chain reaction. Yeah. Uh, And then Jake goes and locks him in in the, uh, the sane asylum. Yeah. Oh, that was like tough, and uh, it was tough, but it was also sort of funny when he goes like, "It's like you don't need any information, or no, no, we can tell that he's pretty crazy." Like, okay, like you know, now you see him. it's all procedure. You have to yeah. fill out a thousand forms, get ten doctors or something to yeah. agree to it. No, and, and then I, I like, like I like Bill's face when he looks around. He sees orderlies. It's like, oh, you son of. and then um and this is really where i'm gonna get pissed off (laughs) my rats here is the end of of bill like i said i liked him well let me let me hear what you what you what you think about the end of bill here you mean the way he died the way he died yeah um well now that you mentioned that he's not in the book, it, I guess it makes more sense. But um, to me, it came off as a bit weird. Um, like, he's not really crazy. So why is he all of a sudden acting completely crazy? I mean, he's in there for how long? Uh, I think he's in there for like two weeks. Yeah, in two weeks. Like, you can't make someone completely insane suicidal in two weeks unless they're you know waterboarding him on a daily basis well they are doing the electroshock therapy to him but here's the thing you know you're not crazy you know that all that stuff has happened for real right yeah. why Why not just say oh no okay okay because what they're trying to say do is keep him from saying hey uh, yeah you're right I'm, I, I, this is all crazy I'm, I'm, this is all talk you know so why not stop saying okay okay that nothing happened that didn't happen I'm Jake he's not from my brother is not from the past I mean from the future yeah exactly <laughs> why continue to get tortured because you don't want to say that you're wrong and that, yeah if, the, if that's the extent of your uh, rant no, no, you're completely right. Um, yeah, like I said, you can't make someone crazy in two weeks, even if you give them electroshock therapy. Like, if the sane person enters in, the, like, unwillingly in an asylum like that, especially there, you should be able to talk your way out of it. Yeah, and the thing is that then then they go and kill him. I'm like, oh, I well, yes, I was getting upset at the character. I was getting really, I, I didn't like him anymore, but. Why did you have to kill him? Why did you bring him along just to kill him? I was like, come on. I wouldn't mind if he died, let's, let's say, on the day of the shooting with with Oswald taking him out. 
Yeah. But I was like, come on, man. You you just had him here. And then he actually caused him to kill himself because he was like, no, no, everything is real. Everything is like, no, no, no. Let, let's, let's say his psyche did break, right, while he was in the first two weeks. But then Jake just pushes him right there. They're still in the insane asylum, and he's pushing him, and he's pushing him. He doesn't want to let him go home. I need your help. I need your help. Oh, come on, man. Uh, like, the writing was not well done for this character, and I really would have enjoyed a better written character for, for, for Bill because I did want somebody to be able to talk with Jake. I didn't want I didn't want Jake to be struggling. Just, you know, we need some, like you said, a soundboard. We need some, somebody to run ideas off of. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, books are always filled with inner monologue. And, yeah, that's what one of those characters is for. I think at this point, Sadie's almost taken that part. Yeah, well, getting to Jody, to the, to the third episode when we talked about Jody, this is one of the things I was really, really hoping to be able to see in the show and how they, how they handled his life in Jody. Because that really is the heart of the book. Is it Jody in the book? Yes. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it's Sadie in the show. No, 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 no. Like the name of the town, the, the town is Jody. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, his life in Jody is the heart of the book. His life with Sadie is the heart of the book. And all in all, this is a time travel story, but in reality, it's not. It's a love story that oh, involves yeah. time travel. Definitely. So. We, we we see Jake go back in time. We see him do the stuff he needs to do, but he falls in love with the, the the town. He falls in love with the girl. He falls in love with the, with, with the people around him. He he doesn't want to go back. He doesn't want to mess with. What, he doesn't want to mess things up and go back. So this is why I wanted to see how they're going to handle it in, in the in the show. And I feel they they rushed it a little bit. I still feel that they did a good job. But they rushed it big time. And I know why. It's because they only have three years in the show. And they only have eight episodes to do it in. And in the book, it has he's got about five years to, to take care of it. And he had a lot more time. But um, like the whole dance thing, he leaves Sadie behind in the dance to go go mess around with Bill there with the, with the, um, the recordings and so forth. And in the book, it's that dance that really solidifies his and Sadie's relationship. That's where they become... In, uh, you know, they they get together because uh, Jake was gonna like. I'm never gonna be with Sadie. It's just not gonna happen, you know. And it's during that dance that he falls in love with her, and they start their relationship at that at that point. Yeah. Um, I think the show did awesome with um, with the character or the with the um, actress that they they chose for for Sadie. Yeah, she's very good. I was and, actually surprised that she's not done more, um, you know, big movies or TV shows than this. Um, she's very done a beautiful. Um, that as well helps. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, she's not really that famous. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll probably think, I, I'd say we'll probably see a lot more of her in the future. Um, but, at least her, I hope so. But if her name was Sarah Gadon or Gadon or something like that? Yeah, um, yeah. She, like I said, she's a beautiful girl. Uh, her in the book, she's blonde and she's beautiful. She's colored eyes, but in the book, she's tall. She's really tall. 
Um, she's and Jake is actually really tall in the book, and he, he says she's always been tall, but she's I'm, I've always I was always a little bit taller, or something like that. So, so um, he was still a taller person, but he's he's tall, she's tall, and she's very clumsy in the book. Um, so yeah, yeah, it doesn't really come across, but it's not really that important. No, that that part is not that important. Uh, it kind of ties in towards the end where, with uh, with how Sadie goes away um, or gets taken away from him. Um, but we'll talk about that towards the end of the of the end of the show. And um, I think Sadie was portrayed beautifully, even though they changed a little bit things from her. There's a couple of things that they could have done better, I believe, but it's all about the time compression and all that. Deke. I, I don't remember this uh, actor's name, but he came out in... Uh, did you ever watch Justified? No. Okay. Uh, do you know what Do you know what the show is? What show I'm talking about? I know of it. Yeah. Um, he, but that's about it. <laughs> he, appeared, he appeared in Justified, and uh, I, I always liked his, his, um, his character. He's like... Uh, I think he's a chief deputy there. Nick Searcy. That's who it is. Nick Searcy. And he is awesome in that show. I think he did a beautiful job of portraying um, Deke and his um, his girlfriend, Miss Mimi. Uh, she is uh, actually uh, race swapped here. She in the in the book she's white, and in the in the show she's black, which I believe is a beautiful change for the for the show. Um, in the book, they they talk about some racial tension. But they don't really go into the into the aspect of of from the perspective of the actual um, African Americans, you know. And yeah. in the in the show, they changed her to an African American um, woman, and they, you kind of see his you kind of see what she's going through with everybody being so pretty much racist. They they accept her in yeah. the town, but they're still not treating her as an equal. Oh yeah, and I like how Jake responds to that because he's from modern times yeah well the thing is that it, he kind of almost gives Different. himself and yeah he's like you know don't you know you shouldn't care about these stupid backwards people yeah you know and he's like you know he's very nice to her very you know normal to her so that's one thing that I think the show handled a lot better than the book um, not that the book tried to sweep it under the rug or anything like that but um, they brought up some some instances and so forth, but they didn't. I don't think they actually give a perspective with. They gave one couple of instances, but not as not as um, deep in instance like with him and Miss Mimi, like when she's getting the gas and so forth. Yeah, well, Stephen King really never does that in his books. Like um, most of his, a lot of his stories take place in the from the fifties to the seventies, some later, but most of them between that time and like there's like in history there's a lot of racial tension between those years yeah and in his books it never really takes place like yeah you can sort of wonder like is he just not um you know think he's able to write about that or does he think it's just not important or does he just like doesn't want to I think if it's if it's important to the story, he'll do it. Because, um, like I said, he, it's not like he's turning a blind eye to it. He does bring up, and he does let us know that it is that time period. It's just that it in that particular moment, it wasn't uh, important to the story, so he didn't write a lot too yeah. much about it. 
And like I said, I, I applaud the show because they actually did talk about that. Yeah, yeah, it's very well done. So, um, we see when he's in the past, we see the past itself. Uh, the uh, Al tells, says that the past is going to push back to him. And we see when he's trying to... There's oh, <laughs> another thing. Jake tried to talk to his, his dad. Uh, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Honestly, I get... uh, the first time when he said the past will always push back, I it I couldn't help it but think of the Langoliers. The first thing, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, what is what is that? That's actually the the time. Um, what did they say it was? Um, what the Langoliers are? Yeah, they're they're not really. Um, they're keep, they're making sure that the past. I feel like the Langoliers are there to make sure that no one can go into the past because it kind of destroys the past as uh, as you yeah. move into the future. Yeah, the Langoliers make sure that no one can go back to the past and that the future happens because of it. Yeah. Um, like there would be no future if the past would not be, you know, destroyed. Like yeah. Langoliers. Yeah. So, um, well, we see we see that lady get killed because. Uh, He's going back to the the phone for some reason because he feels like he really needs to talk to his dad. I know, and I get his dad has passed away, but when you go back to the past, that's not something you do. Yeah, it, it he was warned and he still did it. I can see why he did it, but it's yeah, it's something stupid. So the 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 show actually steps up the level of how the past pushes back at, for some parts. I feel like some parts it was very weak and how it pushed pushed back. But it did level uh, level it up when he's going to um, chasing around George DeMorenshield, and he drops the the chandelier, it drops uh, it starts starts a fire, it, it does all that stuff. It, it, it's a lot more, a lot more um, crazy oh, in the book. Yeah. Oh, crazy in the book? Or no, 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 in the show. show. In the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it is pretty extreme. Like the whole house catches on fire, and it's like, yeah. And I was actually, I was actually hoping that they were gonna say that that kid was someone important. Yeah. Well, I guess um, it it it's a better uh, visual representation of the past pushing back. Yeah. Like you can, you know, have something small happen, or you can set a house on fire. That just raises stakes in a TV show. So I can see why it would work better for a TV show. Um. So where we are in the book, we're in the book. We're already, oh, one thing that I did forget to mention uh, in the shows, uh, Jake meets Sadie right as soon as he gets into Dallas. Yeah. And uh, nah, yeah, he doesn't meet Sadie until the until the school. So uh, I, I didn't have a problem with that. I kind of feel like it was just a coincidence, but you know, uh, not, I can't say too much about it. Um. So, um, let's go big step. Yeah, let's head to Oswald. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of the story in the show is about Oswald. How do, what did you think about the the um, the actor who played Oswald? That's not bad. I don't, uh, know, I don't know much about Oswald to know if he played him faithful or not. Yeah, it's... I don't know either. Um, I don't know if the age was correct. Um, the actor was sort of believable, I guess. Um, he seemed a bit young, but I, it could very well be that Oswald was very young when he did it. 
Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. I'm, I'm, and I'm not, um, when it comes to the whole JFK thing, I'm not one of those people who actually go and, and research and, and, um, know all that information about it. And maybe I should have done it for the show for just for my own. Um, yeah, I saw knowing. the movie. So, um, so it's Daniel Weber, the actor who plays the Harvey Oswald. And I, you know what? Oswald in the show is a better character. He's not much of a character in the book. He's really one one dimensional. He's pretty much off the rails the whole time. Um, oh. In the in the show, I feel like they 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 try to show you a little bit more of his human side, uh, especially when he's with the baby. He, um, I, I think he kind of shows some love to towards uh, towards um, his wife. What's her name? Um, Marina, and. But it's mostly when he's with the baby, they show they show him his tender side. Like there's that one scene where he's just sitting there, timing himself, putting the gun together. Yeah. And then the baby cries, and he's like, "Oh, Junie, Junie," you know. And he picks her up, and he's and it just shows you that he's not just a monster all the time. But then they show you the part where he's going after Walker, and he's just yelling at him, "I'm gonna kill you," whatever. So like they show the two different sides of him. So it's not something like sometimes you kind of feel like, mm, man, this guy. It's kind of hard to see him die, but you know he's a monster, so you you kind of want to see him die. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like they they fleshed him out. Dies a bit much, but well, stopped, um, stopped, stopped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you sort of feel like every now and then there is hints that he's one of those people that bottles up his anger and just explodes every now and then. Yeah. You know, he sort of comes across that, so that's why I thought the the actor at least was. He needs to be on anger management. Um, yeah, or not be like in, in possession of a firearm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, then again, it's America. Yeah, and uh, as far as Marina, I can't say too much about Marina. Uh, I like the actress that played her. Um, I feel in, I feel that Marina in the book is she's more scared of um, Oswald than she than what uh, the actress Lucy Fry portrayed her portrayed her as. I feel like Lucy Fry uh, as Marina didn't show that she was she was scared of him. She kind of like stood up to him, and she even when that when she's taking that famous picture of him with that with the newspaper, she's like, "You look ridiculous." And even that guy, that George Lamar show, she, he looks at her like, oh my god, you don't say that to somebody that's like this guy. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, she wasn't scared of him. She did get beat by him. But and she and the thing is that she she walked out on him. So it's it's not something like she was just staying there for the whole time that he was beating her. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I like the way they 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 portrayed her, but I don't like once again. I I know. If I know little about Oswald, but uh, Lee, I know much less about Marina. You mean the real one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know anything. Um, so we've hit pretty much the big parts. Um, I, I don't really, I can't say that um, there's a lot of the people we talked about so far that I can flesh out more. So we, we had talked about uh, some things that we wanted to talk about about further discuss further right and the one thing that we left out towards when um jake comes across is the yellow card man yeah um that's the big mystery character really and i was 
very like in the series he's um just someone who sort of shows up and warns him every now and then and that just seems a bit weird to me like Stephen King usually just does a lot with his characters like every character has a little story to themselves yeah and for some reason this one doesn't have any story at all so I was at first I was wondering is the yellow car man just Jake from like the future but like you know that one that stayed there or something <laughs> well see and when what I first thought it was that he was another time traveler which um, it is in, in, the, in the in the story we end up knowing that he is another time traveler who's stuck in his own loop of um, of trying to save his daughter but when we first see him he kind of is just, just like you shouldn't be here you shouldn't be here you know and yeah. I, w- what I liked is that he, that Jake continues to hear that throughout the whole time he's in the past. You shouldn't be here. Yeah, from different people. Yeah, but then is then it starts to look like he, the yellow card band is actually causing some of the things. So it's really confusing as far as what his what he was or what he is, because it looks like he's he looks like he's about to cause Sadie to die when he's going through her operation. Yeah, and. It's like, wait, is he a time traveler? Is he the past? Is he what is he? You know, yeah. And you're, you, I can see why you're, you're uh, confused about him, and, and I guess we'll we'll, we'll jump into a little bit, and um, I'll I'll go back because I did miss one character, but uh, as far as what the yellow card event is there, so and this is also going back to the rabbit hole because the rabbit hole does get a little bit more explanation towards the end and we figure out what what it is so uh, at the end of the book and in the book he uh, Jake goes back in time and goes back to to Lisbon to go back to the rabbit hole and the couple, first couple of times that he goes to the rabbit hole he sees a yellow card man and he's this drunk guy who's asking for money the second time he goes back it's orange card. The yellow card no more. It's orange. And then the last time he goes back to actually do everything, it's a black card. So the, the card is changing. And in this time, when the black card is there, the yellow card man kills himself. Just commits suicide. And he doesn't come out in the book again to the very end. However, it's another, it's another guy. It's another guy with the card in his hat. And this guy's card is green. And this is a guy that starts to explain everything that's going on. So the rabbit hole, he says, it's more like a bubble. It's it exists in time for very limited parts of time. It is not it's not a fixed thing. It's not always going to be there, but after a while, it just kind of implodes on itself and it closes. So what's going on is that these yellow card man green card man orange card man black card man they're their agents sent there to try to stop time travelers from messing with the past and this is how the book explains it and i, I hopefully i uh, i understand i explain it um okay i'm yeah, not gonna say well, good I get it so far so, <laughs> so what, what happened what he says is that each time you go through the through the um rabbit hole you start you don't actually start and you don't come do a complete reset you're actually starting a different tangent line when you go back, which is why Al was able to take back the meat every single time, take back the money every single time, and not nothing oh. happened to it. But what happens is that 
and you, when you go back through the rabbit hole, you res- and you do that little reset. You kind of erase and complete the cycle, and you kind of you kind of erase it, but there's still some residue left, you know. So some things sometimes you kind of feel like like deja vu kind of thing. I feel that that's how I understood it at least. So there's some residue there, but they said that uh, the yellow card man did try to warn Al about it, but since Al was just going back and doing, you know just getting meat that's all he was doing he wasn't really making a big of a impact but when he started to start to change the past with that girl he started to cause these different different um strings to start happening so every single time he went back into the past and did something that changed the future another string would come off like kind of like um how they claimed it in the marvel universe you know yeah different timelines yeah so he starts causing start causing different timelines every single time he does this. Okay, so once he gets all these strings spread out, with so many strings, some of these strings get snarled and bad things starts to happen. So when Jake went back and did all that those all those throughout those five years, he did all those things, he's got all these different strings coming out from the mate from him, you know? And all of a sudden, he saves Kennedy, which is a big moment in time, causes so much string, so much more strings to come out. And in the book, right after he saves Kennedy, there's a big earthquake that happens in California. And they say pretty much California is no longer there. So he's like, he's like, what the, you know, how did I, how he goes, he goes, I think he says, I knew that I caused it, but there's no way I could have caused it, right? And like he's kind of like reaching in himself. There's no way I could have caused that, right? There's no way. I just saved Kennedy. How could I? How could that happen? So when the, the green card man is, is telling them is that with so many strings out there that they're becoming entangled, they're coming snarled, that he's actually causing the the um, reality to implode on itself. So. All these earthquakes, all that stuff, is actually the um, Earth starting to like crumble on itself. So when he goes back in time to see what happened, the it, it's the dystopian future. You know what what we saw in the show is pretty much what, what they explain. It's a little bit different, but the, the, pretty much what they explain. He runs into Harry. Harry's in a wheelchair in that one. He's not as badass as he is in the show in the in the future um but he you know uh he tells him you know he tells him run gives him a rundown of everything that happened uh i think it says that um who is it hmm? i'm trying to remember who it is someone becomes president after kennedy kennedy serves his eight years he does good but he's, uh, he doesn't he doesn't do as good as a job as he would have done um he says that he does a good job. He wouldn't done. A, he didn't do as good of a job as LBJ would have done. Oh yeah, um, Lyndon B. Jones. Yeah, but but uh, but in the in the book, there's I forgot who it is. Um, I think he's the the governor of Alabama at the time. I I, I, I his name escapes me right now. But he's a really uh, big racist, <laughs> um, and he becomes president. And. Um, that really starts causing it, causing a lot of tension within the world. There's a bunch of nukes that go flying. There's a nuclear reactor in Maine that, that explodes, and it, it's it's just doing a lot of damage to the Earth, you know. And um, there's these Earth, there's these like thunder noises and stuff that's just starting to happen for no reason. 
and nobody knows what they are but Jake's like I know what it is it's reality imploding on itself so pretty much um, the Gurgen Carter man says that if you don't go back and reset everything you did you're gonna cause reality to cease you're gonna mess up you're gonna wipe out all life pretty much because yeah. because of what he did it was just so major all the strings are gonna snap yeah so I hope I, I, I explained that as as uh, good as I as I can. Yeah. Well, like it sort of explains the like the ending of like the final episode, where he goes and like back to the current day, not mm-hmm. the future, but current day, um, and like everything is just horrible and you know it's all crap um, because um, Kennedy was a great president. He mm-hmm. was like probably one the last great American president and um, no offense to any current president <laughs> especially those listening <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about that <laughs> but like he Kennedy meant something to a lot of people yeah and like the fact that he was saved and then that caused a lot of things to go bad that just that's sort of like that wasn't explained in the show, which was really bad to me, because everything should be better if Kennedy is safe. They tried to explain it, but I think they had to rush it really, yeah. really fast, and uh, it wasn't explained as well as it should have been. Yeah, because it was in the last ten minutes of the show. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully, I did justice um, to that. Um, yeah. At least now I know why it went bad. So yeah. Oh, so uh, the uh, the green card man explains that being around these bubbles, have it kind of like it does is it kind of has a, a throws radiation at them pretty much, and they're there to protect the bubble as much as they can. And there's not more than there's a lot of bubbles around the, around the world, and people just kind of stumble into them and, and go back. And but as time passes by. This radiation starts to affect the mental stability of the of the people. So the card in their hat is to monitor the, uh-huh. the mental stability of the character, which is why the yellow card man, when he's first there, he's a drunk. So he's starting to feel his brain, his mind start going. He's starting to drink. Yeah, he's affected by it. Yeah. Um, when it's turned, oh. it's when they turn so yellow, you start going mad. When it's black, you're pretty much you commit suicide. You can't that pass. makes a lot more sense. Then. Yeah, it's a. It, I, I like that a lot better than the time travel stuck. The time traveler stuck in in, in his own loop, trying to trying to stop. Especially since it didn't make sense with the rest of the story. Uh, on the show. Yeah, like I I wish they put that in the show actually. <laughs> so uh, one, I was gonna say one thing that that uh, I missed and uh, was Sadie's husband, uh, who was oh, played yeah. by T R Knight. I think that's his name. And what do you think um, about him? Yeah. Um. Yeah, crazy psychotic. <laughs> he 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 played him well. He was scary. He was scary as fuck. That's why I said it's, it's yeah. crazy psychotic. But he um, he, he also he, he it looked like he has some charisma to him too. Yeah, not as not much as much as, as Frank. Yeah, his name. Yeah, but like he, yeah, he. Like I said, he came as, across as 
crazy psychotic guy. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, one thing that um, as an Easter egg, and I didn't catch a lot of these. I think I, I, I heard more people say there's a bunch of them, but an Easter egg is that Johnny's actually driving Christine, or actually the car that the car model of Christine. Oh, um, a Corvette. No, it's not. No, no. Um, it's a T bird, isn't it? No, no. Uh, let me let me look it up real quick. Because it is gonna get to me if I don't look it up. That's a good Stephen King movie. It's yeah. probably my favorite. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, where is it? Plymouth Fury. Plymouth Fury. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, he's driving a 1958 Plymouth Fury, which 1958 is the year that he goes back in the book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it would be it would be, it'd be awesome to, to if they find out that Johnny was the owner of the car. Because remember in the movie, um, I don't remember the book, but in the movie he gets that car from somebody. Uh, I think someone left it there. Someone, someone died or something like that. Someone <laughs> just left it at a junkyard. That's yeah, it would have. It would have been awesome if that's where he got the car from. It would have been from, from this guy. Next year in the uh, Stephen King Avengers, <laughs> the ultimate go. crossover movie. I would love a Stephen King shared universe, but it's so much too much stuff to happen. Yeah, especially so, with the gunslinger um, coming out. Yeah. Or so, the Dark uh, Tower, if you want to call it that. What What did you think of the uh, when he had Sadie uh, tied up? What do you mean? When he when he has Sadie tied up and he gives her that scar, um, where he's pretty much having Jake almost trying to kill him, trying to um, kill him by drinking that bleach. Yeah. What What did you think of that scene? I'll say it again. Crazy psychotic. <laughs> no more. No, no, no other words necessary. He, yeah, he's just he's he's crazy and just psychotic. I, I can't remember. really say it in any other way. He just like, yeah, he's your typical guy who goes crazy and you know, yeah, does these kind of things. And I, w- I watched in the the uh, episode with my wife, and that part where where Jake is actually able to kill him, it kind of it kind of is like, Whoa. it kind of just like, oh my god, I can't believe he killed him that way, because it's it's actually uh, Sadie who shoots him, or shoots the gun, and um, no no, um, Jake throws something across the room, right, and distracts him, and yeah. when, and when. Uh, Johnny's shooting. He just comes up to him with that fire fireplace poker and just hits somebody across in the head and dig, digs that thing right in his head. And then Sadie shoots him, or what is or something like that, right? Um, I think he's hit first and then she shoots. You know? Yeah. So Brian and Brown just like oh, I got, I got that kind of a reaction out of my myself and my wife. Eh, yeah, you've seen that before in TV shows. <laughs> I kind of—I don't know why I didn't—I just didn't expect it in the show, though. That's that's the thing. So um, let's go ahead and just get toward, towards the ending in his time in in the past, uh, getting to Oswald and 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 all that. 
because they're yeah. this this like I said this is the ending of the book and I'm not gonna lie to you here I got choked up I I'm not a um, you're a very stoic man <laughs> I'm I'm kind of like I can, I can say I'm I'm um, I'm like like um, like Jake here but. My, my, my wife knows that uh, at the end that I'm actually very a big uh, softy when it comes to comes to stuff. Um, we see his love for Sadie throughout the whole book. He falls in love with her. She actually in in the book she actually finds out that he's from the future by herself. She kind of mm-hmm. starts putting things together and she just comes out and plain plain not asks him if uh, if he's from the future. There's a lot of things that happen to get to that point and it's a lot of stuff to, to even talk about right now but there's a lot of stuff that happens and she asks straight out are you from the future and he has to yeah. say yes he is yes i am i guess they cut all that out just for time yeah because they, they were actually broken up easy thing uh, to cut out yeah but they, they were actually broken up for a while because he moved out of J- jody and he went to move and moved into in dallas uh for a while and so there's a lot of stuff that, that that's missing from the that was from the show, but uh, I I can see why they did it. Yeah. So um, where do I want to start here? Um, there's a couple of changes from when Jake gets beat up and gets sent to the hospital. And the book is like five months ahead of time, and he ha- he's in a coma for a little bit of that time. Yeah. So the point where he's, um, he's there's a lot, there's a couple of months where he's just trying to get his memory back and so forth, and in the in the show it kind of happens within 14 days he's back he's awake he's up and walking around, and he's able to regain his memory um, little by little you know, uh, but what happens in the final part of the book here, in the in the show you know they they get to Oswald, they. Um, they stop him, but you know Oswald. In one of his wild shooting, is a is shoot Sadie, and you see Jake in the show. You see Jake lose it there. He's kind of like save her. You gotta save her, you know. And I I believe he cries right at that point, right? Do you remember? Um, I don't really remember. I think he does cry there at that point, because you know he's in love with her, and and, and the thing is like he wants to he wants her to live, and you see her in her eyes. She's already she's already gone. And he's just so torn up, so torn up, and he wants to go back, and 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 save her. He wants to go back to the railway hole, come back and get her. So oh, yeah, you mean for the second time, yeah. Yeah. So in the book, you know, like I said, it a couple of times in the book, he says, "I've never been a crying man. I've never been a crying man." So what happens is in the book, he still has a limp. He's still walking with a limp from the beating he has, and. He gets to the point where he's gonna stop Oswald, and he, I think he calls out Oswald, and he turns around, and Oswald takes a shot at him. Well, when, he, when he's taking a shot at him, Jake falls, so the bullet goes right above him, and it shoots Sadie, and that's where Sadie dies, and it's like, geez, he the bullet was meant for Jake. But it hit Sadie because of his leg. So the legs actually saved him. The beating that he took actually saved him. But it took the woman from him. And it makes it a point to say, at that moment, I did not cry. 
because I knew what I was going to do. At that point, he knew he was going to go back through the, through the warm through the rabbit hole, oh, and come back again. for it. Yeah. So he's like, just do what I need to do right now. It doesn't matter what's going to happen. I'm going to go back and save her. So he stops Oswald, and actually, uh, um, Oswald is able to get a gunshot, right? And off, and when he's fighting with Jake, he's actually killed by a Secret Service across the building. They they shoot him. Oh. So he gets uh, interrogated, and everything. Rest of the book, the rest of the show is pretty faithful to this part. Uh, he goes back. He decides that he's gonna come back and save Sadie, but first he's gonna go check what happened when he saved JFK. So all that happens, and we talked about all that stuff already. And he talks to the green green card man. The green card man says it's not a good idea to do do all that stuff. Because and then he comes back around. He comes back from the from the future, and the green card man is there, and he's talking to him, and he tells him, "You can't do that. You can't." Because if she was meant to die the night that Johnny Clayton was there, when he gave her that scar, and you're keeping her alive, then she, she was meant to die. She's gonna, that, you know. You're 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 messing with the past. Yeah. But he also has this kind of thing that maybe if he's not there, she won't have that scar. She won't have to worry about that. Maybe she won't even marry him if he's not in the past. Cause you know how they have that whole butterfly effect. So he's there, and and this is where this is where the green card man tells him everything going down that he's he's causing reality to bend and to. In, in, implode on itself each time he goes back and does major things like he's planning to do again. So he's in the past and he stays the night there in the past. He's trying to figure out what he wants to do and he decides that he can't go back to save her. He decides that he's not going to go back and save her. And he goes, at that moment, I cried. So he goes, that moment that he realized that he's not going to be able to be with the woman he loves, he, he cries. He cries at that moment. Mm. He goes back to the future, decides not to look her up. He decides he does not want to know what happened to her. He doesn't. He doesn't want to go and say and hear that he she got killed by Johnny Clayton. He does not want to go back and say that she survived Johnny Clayton, but then died in a in a car accident or whatever, you know. So he's there for a while. Um, circumstances happen, and he decides that he's gonna look up look up the newspaper from Jody or the round surrounding areas, and he sees that they're celebrating her for being the person of the century for the sound because she actually became a senator or something like that. She became something really big in politics and she did a lot of good. So he goes back and he saves her and he has that last dance like he did in the, in the, in the book and he sees her as young Sadie and you can tell that he still loves her no matter how she looks. He yeah. dance and, and, um, what is it? When she, when she asked, she asked, uh, Jake, who are you? Like someone you knew in, a, in a, another life, and that's how it ends. It, very faithful to the book. Very faithful to the book. Um, oh, and like I said, I wanted to. I was choking up, and I goes, "I'm not someone who like love stories and stuff like that. I don't get like that. I am, am, and the thing is, I love my wife a lot, and I might choke around with her and stuff like that. But she knows I love her. She knows." I don't cry at movies, stuff like that. And I told her, the book got me teary-eyed. The episode got me teary-eyed because I knew what was coming and I knew what was going to happen. And I love that ending. They pulled it off perfect. I was worried they were going to mess it up. They pulled it off. 
I love the yeah, ending. I love the whole series and the total whole lot better because of the way it ended. Uh, I I have to say I did love the ending. Uh, it was very sweet, and I'm normally someone who cries at pretty much anything. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on a pixel uh, Pixar um, <laughs> like a Pixar movie on, and I'll just cry for two straight hours. <laughs> like, that's just me. But this I didn't really have like I I just thought like it was very sweet and very nice. You see. And, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, and that that's what I liked about it. It it gave me a big smile on my face. Like this is a really nice way to end it, but like I didn't really get that emotion. And no, to me it was more the whole progress of him. Like I said, the whole book is saying I'm not a cry man. I didn't cry this. I didn't cry that. This didn't happen. So him just getting overwhelmed by the emotions, not because she died. Not because of all that stuff that happened, but because he knew he couldn't go back and save her. Yeah. And that's when he broke down. That's when he cried. And I, I'm like, I liked the line where he said, um, "Have you had a good life?" Yes. That that was my favorite line from yeah, all pretty he, much the entire show. That's because that's all he cared about. Yeah. And, that, and the show that sums up what he wants her to have. Yeah, and in the show, he's he's spinning around. He sees her as a young Sadie, and then we go back and she's old Sadie again and I love that they didn't put her in old makeup in old person makeup they used oh, a yeah. different actress and it's, yeah. and then it just you know the camera moves back and then it goes through the doors and it ends and I was so happy I was like and I told my I turned to my wife I go they did it they did an awesome job and that's all I cared about and she's not as big Stephen King fan as I am. She, we're very opposite as far as what we like and so forth. But she loved that that series, um, and she was real into it since the very beginning. Yeah, I, I can see how like this is not really your typical Stephen King story either, because um, yeah. usually they're either more violent or way more out there. You know, this is a very Stephen King story because it's like. I think Stephen King was like, I'm going to write a love story. This is my love story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is like, if Stephen King wrote a love story, this would be it. Like, it would be somewhat about it, but like, a lot of other stuff happened to make that happen. Like, notebook what? I don't even talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He writes, he, he writes uh, laps around other, right, other yeah, authors. Yeah, I mean... This is a love story in as much as there's no demonic clowns or aliens <laughs> or apocalypses happening. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> the thing is that it's it's in the same shared universe as it, it, in the Stephen King written universe. It's yeah. in the same. So like I said, he 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 meets or he feels the presence of, of uh, it. Um, he. But does this take place before or after the stand? Well, one thing I, I, I and thank you for saying that. In the in the episode, if you look when he goes back into into the into the future in the post apocalyptic future, on one yeah. of the buildings, it says Captain T R, which is a reference to Captain Trips, which is the name of the of the flu that takes out everybody in the stand. Yeah. So we got as people. Uh, some people are, and I was reading it online. They're like. Did this? Did he cause? Did he? Did he cause the stand? 
like oh i'm like man that would actually be a very good uh, thing to have happened because of what what he did <laughs> i always wondered if the what's the maximum overdrive if the thing that killed everyone from that if that wasn't the same as the stand what happens there maximum overdrive oh no wait maximum overdrives with the people all um the machines all become yeah um, alive yes yeah if, if that was like one of the reasons that the stand happened you know let's just say it's because of jake <laughs> yeah. Yeah. let's just let's just go back on all his stephen king books and movies and stuff jake did it caused it by going back in time i think the last book i read by stephen king was um lizzie's story i never read that one that one is messed up oh it's really messed up um it's basically some sort of like well a lot of his stories are where he's a writer yeah and this is actually about the wife of the writer so it talks about like the man being this famous writer and um she's his widow and there's a couple of unreleased scripts that um some sort of super fan wants and um basically the first half of the book she um is partially unconscious and bleeding on the floor and just thinking back about the past and what that writer told her like all the stories he had mm-hmm. and those are like the really dark stories that Stephen King sometimes has <laughs> like he had a demon brother pretty much that's like um, that's, yeah that sounds yeah that sounds pretty <laughs> it, 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 that's why I thought like this is a very mild Stephen Kingish TV show like it can be But yeah, I liked it. I think um, overall, this was yeah one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely. And um, adaptations. So any any um, oh yeah, well, you liked it. But any final words, anything like that, over anything else in in the story? No, my only questions were the yellow card man, what that would represent, and you answered that perfectly. And you know the the ending, what we talked about. So everything else sort of makes sense um, and I don't know enough about the actual assassination of JFK to really know any specific questions about that so I'm, I I just I want to judge this as like a series apart from itself like not related to anything else mm-hmm. and I think it does a very, very good job in telling its story yeah one thing um, I forgot to, to mention, someone had asked me on, on YouTube, uh, at, at the end of the, the last episode, they were asking the agent hostie, the one that was uh, after Oswald, he goes, um, this is what he says, Jimmy Dorrell, okay, please help me out here. Was I the only one who noticed that hostie called Jake Epping instead of Amberson in the integration room? He does it twice, but he couldn't have known that. That was Jake's name from the future, and no one else knew that in the past except for Sadie and maybe Bill knew that. So how did he? So how did he um, find that out? Or how did host, Hosty know that? Please help me out. I'm freaking out about it. Didn't and, he get his notes or something? <laughs> well, no. Well, what happened is um, Jake actually did use his real name in the past a couple times. 
And, yeah, the first um, couple of times. Didn't yeah, it? and even Miss Mimi was able to figure out his his um, real name. Um, and that's when he starts going into that whole spiel of uh, he has, he's in the witness protection program and and he starts telling the story from the Godfather. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like this this ass. Yeah, I uh, like that. But um, yeah, so he uses your name, and so they they that's what they found from him. So and I told I I replied to him and he's like he's like oh yeah man I totally forgot about that. And um, our other buddy Aaron Cummings he he says he loved the series and uh, really thought that it ended how it should have ended, and he gives the show a ninety two out of a hundred, which uh, yeah, eight and a half nine yeah yeah I, I give there's it, a couple of slower moments and there's like that would make you normally well not lose interest but like you know if you're watching on a computer which most of us nowadays are start to click other links <laughs> yeah or um, even uh, watching TV you will start it on your phone and stuff yeah um, but overall this was a very solid show yeah um, I, I, yeah uh, I think his uh, score 92 out of 100 which would be like 9.5 8.5 to 9.0 yeah that's that's fair uh, I think 9.2 would put it for me would put it on Breaking Bad level and <laughs> I, I can't like no it's not there <laughs> like yeah. it's very good it's solid it's not Breaking Bad sorry yeah it's not the best, it's not the best one but um, it's very good as far as adaptations that we talked about as far as adaptations from Stephen King novels though Stephen King stories I think it's way up there and just yeah. talking about Stephen King stuff. Yeah, because there's been so many bad Stephen King adaptations that a, a nice, solid one that, you know, has a nice beginning and an ending like this. Um, yeah, it's very good. Um, because there have been so many bad ones to compare it to. Like, there's only a handful of good Stephen King adaptations, really. Mostly the Frank Dermott ones. Yeah. Like, um, there's um, Christine, Carrie, um, I don't even think The Stand is that good. If you look back at it now, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, even it, see, it's not else? the best one either. It uh, It's alright, but it's sort of weird. It's better if you would see it as a kid's movie. Yeah. Which makes it kind of weird <laughs> the super creepy clown. Yep. Um. But it is sort of a kid story. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for really. Well, we have the the Green Mile. We have. Um, well, yeah, the Green Mile. Shawshank um, Redemption. I I love the Mist. Yeah. Oh, the Mist. Sorry, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. I love the Mist. That was very good. Uh, yes. Well, the new one. I, the old one. I don't really remember that well. I did saw you, it once when I was a kid, but. Did you hear that they're making a the Mist TV show? Yeah, but it's like takes place after the movie, right? I'm, I didn't read the whole story because I don't. I don't like. I'm really, really against spoilers, which is weird because if I read the book, it's kind of a spoiler, right? But, um, <laughs> but still, I'm really, really against spoilers, so I don't want to know much about what what's going on, what's going to happen on the TV show. Um, hopefully, I, I can uh, do a recap. It doesn't start till I think 2018 or 2017. I'm not sure. But um, hopefully, I'm still, I'm still uh, get views on my YouTube channel, and people will still want to see that, <laughs> see those re- views. Yeah, 
by that time there won't be any YouTube anymore. We'll all like get the internet bus right into our brain chip. <laughs> we're gonna have to pay. Uh, we're, we're gonna have to pay directly from our with our fingerprint fingerprint. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll um, we'll leave it there. We're we've been uh, talking about almost an hour and a half, which uh, I think that that that's what I was gonna have take longer to. than one of the episodes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, most of my recaps were only fifteen minutes, so this is a probably all of them together is. <laughs> so, the re- recap extravaganza. Yes, we. Uh, it's a marathon. Oh no, not a marathon buffet. <laughs> recap buffet no but we talked about both the show and the book so um and hopefully like i said hopefully i was able to convey and um relay what what i what i thought and what i believed and what i remembered from the book properly it's been a while since i read it and um hopefully everybody else can understand exactly what i was where i was coming from and uh, how i explained the different events so um okay we'll leave it there nick um do you have anything to plug? Anything um, you want to let us know you're working on or coming out in? No, I don't really have anything to plug. I don't really have my own YouTube channel. I just um, come out every now and then. I am a uh, regular on the Saturday Morning Nerd podcast, though. I think uh, the best way would be to plug that. Um, you know of them, right? I think you've heard of them. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of them. I've come a couple times there, and by the time this goes up, uh, that, that latest one where I was on, of course, both of us were on. We should already be on the on YouTube by then, uh, and I believe Jake has put that on its own channel, right? Saturday Morning Nerds. Yeah, it's its own channel, Saturday Morning Nerds. I just type that in YouTube, you'll find it. If you look at me on Twitter, um, I put it on my website as Twitter. I figured don't have anything else to plug, might as well just put that on there. Um, yeah, so yeah, um, the Saturday Morning Nerds is basically a show mostly about comics. Um, it's about nerd news-ish. We talk about movies, trailers, and other comic-related stuff. Yep, and this one we just did today, actually. We pre-recorded this week's. was all about Marvel Civil War. Yep, it was actually in the same call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we've been talking about uh, all close to four hours now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, we'll leave it there. We'll. Uh, you guys can all remember that you guys can always catch uh, my my stuff here on YouTube. You can reach me at, out on the social media sites: uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, and also on nerdfeed.com, where you'll be able to find the, all these all the eleven twenty two sixty three videos, as well as my other videos for Survivor. And all the Let's Chat team. We'll, we'll leave it there and we'll talk to you guys um, another time. We'll see what, what we do next. All right. Peace out. <laughs>